welcome to episode 51 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's fortnightly video game discussion podcast on the... Oh, wait, I said fortnightly again, and we just, dis- we just discussed... One more, one more. Victory. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> no, no, you shit together, everyone. Nothing could be what 50 was. It's just, it was too good. Nothing, no, no, no. We're all just kind of like back into our laid-back kind of comfort zone and it's all going pear-shaped. No, the Press Start uh, Startcast is now a fortnight, a weekly, a goddamn <laughs> weekly affair. You're a professional, Ewan. Get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna... <laughs> I think this is a, makes it a fifth time. The fifth time. So, oh, hang on. I'm going to go from the top. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Startcast. Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. That's right, guys. After last week's well 50th done. episode, we are Woo. going weekly. It's terribly exciting. Woo. It just means that I have to spam people more messages to get them all in the one place at the one time. Uh, on the show this week, we're going to be having a shooter special discussing Battlefield 1, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, and Respawn's Star Wars game, as well as heaps more. I've got, like, all this stuff caught in my back and my throat. Do you ever get that when you're speaking? I get this all the time, and it's a shame because I speak a lot, but, like, just stuff builds up in your mouth, and you yeah. kind of have to, like, get rid of it. Do you, you get this too, Matt? It's really yeah, annoying. Yeah, I get it. I get it like mid-sentence. Sometimes I have literally have stopped in the middle of a sentence and like either swallowed or just, ugh, you know. And people just look at you and you're like, sorry. Oh, you know. Were you eating? <laughs> what, was, what was going on just there? No, it's just <laughs> you like, don't you want know, to know what he was doing. You know, just like spit or you know something. Just like it builds up and you just like. Just, just one second. Yeah. Yeah, spit or swallow, you know, that's what you got to do. <laughs> just, yeah, it's just just a pain. Uh, I'm your host, Ewan Roxburgh, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamers, Jake. Hello. You guys changed all the names <laughs> in the Google Doc. I don't even know what I'm reading anymore. Who did I just say hi to? I said hi to Jake just then, right? Okay, we're going to go into Matt. You did. I said hi back. Hello. How's it going, Matt? I'm, I'm good. You're um, looking really I'm, laid back, just sipping yeah. on that water. I'm, I'm chilling out. <laughs> I'm struggling not to laugh after the name I changed in the Google Docs. So. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, on today's show, we're joined by Medi, who is also drinking water, and I'm not sure Hello, if you've ever answered. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, let's let's get this show on the road by starting as we always do by discussing what we have been playing the past fortnight. Matt, what have you been playing? What have I been playing? I kind of went back to Rocket League with the release of Hoops. Um, yeah, I've been all over Rocket League. Um, it's been so much fun. Um, trying to get everyone into Hoops because it's a free download. So you know, basically, it's a whole new game mode if you've already got Rocket League, which is great. Um, and then I also picked up, because uh, Target's clearing out a fair bit of games, I picked up Dishonored for $20. Um, and so I've been playing through Dishonored again, which um, is a hell of a lot of fun, because I remember playing it on the PS3 and getting so immersed in the world and trying to get like a, you know, a non-lethal playthrough. And then um, after that, you know, I wanted to do the lethal one. I never did. So this time around, I'm just going to kill everyone. So yeah, nice. <laughs> That's uh... <laughs> that sounds like That's a lot sad. of fun. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so you're excited for Dishonored 2 then? Oh, hell yeah. Um, in fact, the other day, I think I said, look, you know, when it comes out, I'm reviewing it. Like, you're not even going to give anyone else a choice. I'm going to review it. So, um, <laughs> Six months I, in advance, and, yeah. And if someone, if someone does say I'm reviewing it, I will fight them to the death. I'll bust in there like Corvo with my magic skills and, like, you know, decapitate them or something. I mean, probably yeah, I told up. you, you can take Dishonored, but I'm taking The Last Guardian then. You know, it's mine. Calling good. Oh, that's, that's some fine. good, some good calls. <laughs> uh, well, uh, what have you been uh, been playing there, Medi? Uh, well, at this point, it's basically just a waiting game till Uncharted. At this point, mm. like it's been a hard wait. I've been um, trying to complete Ratchet and Clank. I uh, finished the story. I'm going for the platinum trophy at the moment. So it's just grinding to upgrade everything at this point. It's a great game though, and uh, and actually, I got back into PC gaming. So. I am now, uh, yeah, not not switching sides. I'm playing for both teams, you know. Nice, nice double agent. I like it. Um, so you you've just made some uh some upgrades to your PC. Is that right? Uh, I built an entirely new one, actually. Oh, very nice, very nice. Do you, uh, what what sort of uh, graphics card did you opt for? Uh, I um. Well, I was pretty pretty much expecting the new cards to be announced soon, so I stuck with a mm-hmm. GTX 960. Yeah, nice. Because it was pretty cheap, I think. It was 195 So now they're coming with the 1000 series, so now at the end of the year I can upgrade to that to run the yeah. old, of course. Yeah, that was a wise move. A very wise move. Um, those new graphics cards sound absolutely insane. I was looking at some of the graphs, and they're like... Just the amount of uh, the increase of the graphical performance you're getting per your power output sounds exceptional. Like it's yeah, like a whole Witcher... different spectrum to the 900 series. Yeah, I think The Witcher 3 runs at 45 frames per second on 4K on a single card. Damn, that's that's pretty crazy. That's very crazy. Um, but yeah, I love the I love the naming conventions. It's like the the kind of top tier one is the Nvidia 1080, and then when it's not quite as good, it's the 1070. I love it. Cool. Very very cool. Uh, Jake, what have you been playing? Uh, like Medi, I've been uh, trying to platinum Ratchet and Clank. So that's what I've been kind of uh, getting my teeth into in the last. Fortnite slash week. Um, it's been really good. So, yeah, I completed the story. I'm now doing challenge mode, trying to upgrade all my guns. Um, found a sweet little uh, place to, like, farm Raritanium and Hollow Card. So I've just been kind of, like, in that little spot and quitting the game, going back in, and then killing all the enemies again. So, yeah, really good. Having fun sweet. with it. Very, very cool. Uh, well, I myself have been playing Uncharted 4. So exciting. It'll be out by the time you've heard this podcast. But yeah, I'm about kind of like the eighth chapter in and enjoying it so, so much. Um, it's really well done. It's the kind of step in the right direction for the series. It's a very sort of uh, mature Uncharted in the sense that it's kind of grown up and progressed uh, quite well based on where it left off with Uncharted 3 um, and they've also taken some lessons with from The Last of Us um, and there are some really nice little moments in the game that I think people are going to absolutely love and that's all I'm going to say 
Um, what is going on? Have you found that one on? Easter egg we've all been talking the, about? The one, uh, I th- probably yes, but I'd I'd missed. I've <laughs> I've been like falling behind on the group discussion. I had to eat dinner, guys. I'm sorry, I can't always keep up with what you guys no, are gas bagging. No apologies. Don't, don't, don't ruin the Easter egg for him. Don't. I'm not. I'm not gonna ruin it. I just is, is Jake. Is Jake trying to like pretend spoil something like he did with uh, Matt in Civil War? I think he wants to. Yeah. Jake is so funny. devious. <laughs> Have we all seen Civil War now? Because no, I noticed you. you're still not seeing Matt, it. Matt, what are you, what are you doing? doing? Oh my god, you make me so Matt, angry. I'm severely disappointed in you, Matt. I cannot hang out with you anymore. I'm terribly yeah. sorry. <laughs> Because we hung out so much on where we can in the UFB in Australia. Ah, <laughs> uh, you've got to get your priorities right now. Hey, I got to make a movie this year myself for uni, so I don't have time to go and see other people's movies. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's get stuck into the topics um, because despite. Uh, us only recording an episode like a week ago. So much has happened. Um, for starters, we've had two of the hot shooters for November announced. One being October, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Wait, October. Sorry, October. They're both scheduled for an October release? Is that, uh, is that no, true? No, Battlefield's October. Call of Duty is November. Uh, yeah, Battlefield's like October 26th or something, I want to say. 21. 21. I'm making numbers up. I'm making dates and numbers up entirely. Don't, <laughs> don't listen to what I say. You know, listen, it's about the confidence, though. If you have confidence behind it, it makes sense. True, true, true. Um, so, yeah, they were announced. We, we kind of knew that uh, the Call of Duty Infinite Warfare was on the horizon last episode, but it is officially announced. There was, like, uh, an enormously long trailer that came out on YouTube that everyone uh, disliked immensely, apparently. Um, so let's talk a bit about that for starters. So Infinite, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare was announced. It was set distant future like we speculated it would. There's going to be space stuff going on. Uh, and they're also going to be bundling in a Modern Warfare remaster as leaked. Um, but only if you cough up the big money for the special editions. Uh, so, Mehdi, I'm sure you've got an opinion on this. Let's jump over to you. What do you make of this announcement? Um, well, about uh, Infinite Warfare by itself is... I wasn't really that impressed by the trailer, to be honest. I mean, it looked decent, but I got a bit of an advanced warfare feeling, like they're making a sequel of that in that sense. Mm-hmm. Because there wasn't... Yeah, you had the whole space thing, which looked cool, I guess, but I don't know, it's like we're straying too, too far from the point. Like, they're trying to do fresh things, but instead they're just making this really... Weird formula like Black Ops 3 for, for me was kind of the limit with Call of Duty with how we can do the futuristic take and such. And uh, I, I don't know, it's that the um, franchise has kind of lost its identity at this point. And yeah. then I have the point where I'm being extorted into buying this game even if I don't want it to play COD 4. So yeah, I, you're being extorted. That's some uh, some harsh it's, it's called, it's it's called for you know. You're, you're being extorted. Let's be real. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm no, kind it's... of very excited. They've they've announced a remaster of Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, but I'm kind of disappointed that I have to get this new game with it. Like, I'd much yeah, I really just... don't want it to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that, isn't it? 
I think I think if they but maybe maybe that's the reason why they did it because they were they thought if they released them kind of both as standalone games in the same sort of time period everyone would just buy COD 4 and not give rat's ass about yeah. Infinite Warfare. Yeah, there was this quote from Activision that they're not worried that the multiplayer for Modern Warfare Remastered will be played more than Infinite Warfare. And are you, are you kidding yourself? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you're shooting yourself in the foot, basically, in that sense. Yeah. At the same time, though, like, so I, th- I think the addition that it comes in, um, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Matt or Jake, hopefully you know this, um, but I think there's like a, it's like the legacy edition. There's like yeah. three different editions. Yeah. There's a standard, there's like a legacy edition, and there's yeah, like a legacy, legacy or something. Legacy That's pro, with the yeah. season pass. Yeah. The, um, yeah. the legacy, well, I was, in, I was in an EB the other day with a guy at the... Uh, thing said the legacy edition basically is the one with uh, the remastered game, but if you get the standard one, you don't get it. Yeah. yeah. And the legacy edition oh, isn't that like 120 fun. bucks or something? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's rough. Um, yeah, it's pretty steep. But I guess if you're like a, a new release game's like say kind of around 80 bucks here, uh, so then you're getting the remaster for 40 dollars on top of that. I guess like it's not so bad. But you know, yeah, but you're still like buying a game you might not want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's true. That's true. I'd rather Surely just spend though, forty dollars. Like, well, like once once kind of launch happens and all those different additions come, like surely they have to be like, cool guys. Well, let's let's just now give you like a standalone of COD Four. Like that'd be dumb not to. Yeah, but they, at the, same, would at be the same time, if they did that. They'd get a hell of a lot less sales for Infinite Warfare. I mean, like it's, it's basically a, you know they put them into a, into a situation where everyone now wants you know the re, the remaster of Modern Warfare. Um, so they're either going to try and get that you know get the Legacy Edition and get that and then like return the game or trade it in or whatever, because uh, some people just don't give a crap about the whole new space thing. And then there's going to be other people who, you know, are probably not even going to buy it until they know. That modern warfare, you know, is going to get a standalone release. So I think it's a bit of a iffy situation. Yeah, yeah I think I'm like going to hold how, off on this one. Yeah, how so long gonna though are they going to going to allow like the other editions to be on sale? Well, you know that's what I mean. Like, are they really the going to have thing. two, two if, different boxes? If they don't, can... if they mm. don't have um, modern warfare separate for you know six to eight months. That's a lot of sales they're going to miss. At the same time, if they keep the Legacy Edition there, you're going to probably see a lot of them get returned because half of them aren't going to want the game for the Legacy, you know, for Infinite Warfare. They're going to want it for Modern Warfare 4. And, yeah. um, you know, there's not, there's not going to be enough players if um, they don't release, you know, it's, it's going to be pretty silly to release Modern Warfare, you know, in such a limited capacity. Um because everyone's going to want Modern Warfare and they're going to want to play online and the servers are going to be so empty because people aren't going to want to pay for two games just to get one game. Yeah, I'm going to make a prediction here. We're moving into prediction period as we get closer and closer to E3, and I'm going to make a prediction now um, that that the game, when it's released, uh, won't have both games on the disc. It'll just have Infinite Warfare and you'll have to redeem a code from within the box to download I think Modern that's Warfare. been confirmed already, that's actually. That's already been confirmed? Okay. So I that's already a prediction correct. I'm doing pretty well so far, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
because it makes no sense. Like, you can't fit that amount of information, especially when you've got, like, two 1080p games kind of on the one disc. It's just too much data that a Blu-ray can re- realistically handle. Um, so it's like a logistics thing. So it's just going to be up for download anyhow. It's going to be stored on the PlayStation Store as it is. Um, they'll yeah. hold off for maybe, like, a month or two and then, like, release it as a, as a digital-only release. It could well be 60 bucks on, like, online, like a full-release kind of game. Uh, when that happens, um, but like that's that's going to annoy people. Like I, I, I guarantee you that will happen. Um, m- how long? I'm going to guess like a couple of months. It's going to kind of come around to compete with shooters that kind of stagger out into February and March, I think. Um, so that's going to be really annoying because the people that drop 120 bucks to get the game kind of at launch um, are going to miss out and. Uh, miss out on that deal. Um, so yeah, like I don't think anyone wins from this but Activision. Like I don't think the gamer is being prioritized at all. You, uh, you know what would be smart on Activision's part? Like yeah. um, EA did back when they released Dead Space 2 on PS3. They did a port of the Wii game, Dead Space Extraction. Mm. So you got that game as a bonus when you bought 2. And ba- basically you installed it either from the disc or download but the um, game couldn't be played without the disc. So I wonder if Activision oh. would actually try to circumvent the whole return thing by saying it's a code, but you still have to use the Infinite Warfare disc to kind of register, you know, to make it playable. Because I can mm. see them doing that, that they're really looking forward and thinking we don't want people to return this game. So it's kind of a DRM kind of situation. Yeah, that's still something that you can remove with code down the track, though. So there's still that option to just release it as a standalone thing down the track. But well, I don't know. I think they could have done themselves. A... Can be played. Like you had the yeah. upgrade thing right from PS3 to PS4. Mm, like those yeah. games still can be played without those PS3 discs. Mm, that's true. That's true. We'll see, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to anger people either way. It's already angering people, and, yeah, undoubtedly when they announce that it's going to become a standalone thing, like, it's just going to annoy more people. What they should have done is just, like, followed, you know, like CD Projekt Red's kind of um, kind of model, I guess, and just kind of released it for free or, like, and bundled it with the game. I don't... I think that would have created a lot more excitement about Infinite Warfare than the way they're handling it now. And, yeah, like... Yeah, I don't- I don't know. That's You've feasible. got to balance. Yeah, yeah. I guess like uh, you know, they obviously spend a lot of time and and money um, getting it remastered. But I don't know. Like I think there's going to be a lot of people that don't buy the game now to just see if that remaster comes out separately, and it's just going to kind of create a bit of fusion confusion around it. And I think had they just said, "Hey, it's it's like free with the game," like I think a lot of people would have just kind of all tanked towards it. Because um, Call of Duty is very good at bringing in new players still, but it's kind of losing those old ones. And so, if they were able to bring in like one of those o- older games and get people excited about it again, I don't know. I think that would have worked quite well. But um, I'm obviously not a marketing guy. I yeah, I don't know what the best thing to do is there. Um, in, um, <clears throat> sorry, man. In, uh, in inversely, um, I I gotta say like. I've never been a big fan of either series. I mean, I bought Battlefield 3. Uh, I bought Black Ops 3 more recently. But, damn, Battlefield 1, how good does that look? Yeah, I... Uh, not watched the trailer yet. <laughs> I meant to watch it before. Watch it now, yeah, cool. seriously. I'm watch 
you guys I, Jake cover I think the whole idea well I can I can I talk a little bit more? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Just, just, just do it. I just say yeah, I just, just like, No, um I, I think the whole idea, like, you know, talking about um things kind of getting sale, I mean like, you know, Meta you were saying with Call of Duty, you know, with Black Ops three, that was kind of the limit for you for like spacey or well, futuristic kind of technology. Um, and then Infinite Warfare is just basically taking that thing. Like we haven't had a like a standardized shooter um, since Modern Warfare 3. You know, Advanced Warfare and Black Ops 3 and Infinite Warfare. You know, they're all kind of just going into the future, and everything's getting too, you know, futuristic uh, in terms of shooters. Um, and the whole premise of like you know the Battlefield One uh, trailer and everything is. It's taking it back to you know World War One, I, I think it was World War One. Um, but it's one, an alternate, yeah. yeah, it's an alternate timeline. So there's different technology. You know, it's still got the a similar sort of warfare style as World War One, but you know, it's got like weird technology at the same time. And I think that you know doing that kind of focusing more on you know like a Wolfenstein esque gameplay, you know, where that sort of did an alternate history of you know that time period, I think that's kind of cool because um, it's not something that seems to get done all that much in, in shooters mm. and everyone had been hanging for like a, a World War One or a World War Two shooter and I think what this does is it kind of removes itself from reality a little bit, um, which is fair enough because, you know, the, the old World Wars, they wouldn't make, you know, if you, if you did them as a carbon copy, they would not make amazing games. Well, I think um, World War One would be too... Because I've heard a lot of complaints, actually, about the Battlefield 1 trailer from some people. In a sense that, like, World War 2, we've grown accustomed to those games. Like, that's normal to cover World War 2 at this point. But World War 1 had a very different dynamic. In the essence, it was a very gruesome war. And that some people are feeling it's... That the Battlefield trailer is the glorifying it a bit too much. Like saying, hey, World War 1 was fun. And I'm... I'm saying, all right, it's a, it's a video game. You have to do that. Like, if I'm making a realistic World War One game, that's going to be um, very different. But it's it's like it's come full full circle. Think about it. a few years ago, we had World War Two shooters. We had too much World War Two shooters, so we got got back to modern shooters. People got sick of modern shooters. We moved to sci-fi, and now we're moving back to World Wars. It's all coming full circle at this point. Yeah, so I just watched the trailer, loved it. That was really cool. Um, I see what Medi is talking about there. It kind of does, like, the fact that it's kind of playing around with... Um, I, I, I guess that's what expected whenever there's a, a historical setting involved, though, that, you know, people have certain kind of feelings about and thoughts about what happened. Um, yeah. You know, like, if you go off into the future and it's a fictional award, then you can kind of do whatever you want, but when you're in it, in like a historic setting where there are facts and you start playing around with those facts and manipulating it the way you like, I guess you run the risk of offending people. Um, so I can kind of see where you're coming from there. Uh, but at the same time, I wasn't offended and I loved it. Yeah, I wasn't offended at all. I just heard yeah, people yeah. who were. Yeah, like I, I understand that people might be, um, but uh, I think... You know, all I needed to see was that guy in, like, full night armor just kind of strolling through the battlefield. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm getting this game. Um, yeah, so that trailer to me did a lot more than um, the Infinite Warfare trailer did. 
uh, purely because Infinite Warfare was just like, uh, yeah, okay, I've seen this before. Like, not necessarily space in a Call of Duty game, but I've played Halo plenty, and I've played, you know, like Titanfall, and, you know, there's so many shooters now where playing on this kind of futuristic genre. Um, that, that, that Battlefield trailer felt a whole lot more original and felt a whole lot more unique. Um, so definitely got my interest there. Yeah, man, that... Why didn't I watch that sooner? That was really exciting. Uh, so wh where do you come down, Matt? Because I know you played Battlefield games in the past, and then more recently you've kind of got into Call of Duty a little bit. Um, where are you sitting come this holiday period? What shooter is going to be enticing you? Uh, it's. I reckon I'll definitely go towards Battlefield. Um, I just. I don't. I don't really care for you know, like call of duty kind of thing although it was pretty funny that someone said that call of duty is getting space battles before star wars battlefront which is kind of <laughs> <laughs> That's a good um, but, you know like that that you know if if the space battles were okay then you know i might get i might consider like i might consider both it's probably the first time that i might consider both but you know in terms of like the you know, the, the warfare gameplay kind of thing you know with um you know the old style planes and all that i totally go battlefield one so I've got some bad news, guys. I just did some research on the fly there. Uh, we were talking about the, the Legacy Editions. So there's a Standard Edition, which is just Infinite Warfare, and there's the Legacy Pro Edition, which, you know, comes with all the unnecessary accoutrements that they often do. Um, that's offered by a bunch of retailers. It's kind of hovering around that $160 to $170 price range. The, in, the Legacy Edition, so this is the Middle Edition, um, the Middle Tier Edition, is an EB Games exclusive. So that includes just Infinite Warfare and the remaster, and it's an EB Games exclusive, and they're asking for uh, $129.95 for consoles, $119.95 for PC. Um, so yeah, that kind of sucks big time. Um, it's a shame, shame they got the exclusive, because uh, they typically are a bit pricey. Um, so yeah, if you want just the two games, it's going to set you back $130. Yeah. There you go. That's oh, ridiculous. $130, right? $130. When you convert ours, we're paying $140. Oh, wow. There you go. Wow. Every, yeah, but everything is always more expensive there. You guys... I it's I guess tricky comparing on international level, but yeah, that's one hundred thirty, one hundred forty. That's that's real rough. Um, I don't know, like, yeah, not sure how I sit with that, but um, but yeah, where does everyone come down? I'm curious. So Matt, you're more of a Battlefield guy. Jake, yep. you've kind of you know uh, played around with a bit of Black Ops Three. Do you think you'll be sticking with Call of Duty or maybe jumping ship? Or both? Both um, is an option. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I've always gone between the two. Um, more, more recently, I guess, getting more so into a battlefield. But yeah, I, I agree with Matt. Like, I, I think I'd definitely go battlefield one. Um, you know, Infinite Warfare. Like we've said, you know, it's it's something we've seen before. It looks very Halo-y. It looks very like Titanfall-y and everything. Like, it's nothing new. Like, yeah, I'll, you know, I might grab it because you know it's. I get to the point where I'm like, man, I don't know what game to buy. Ugh, let's just get Call of Duty. I know I can muck around on that for a couple yeah. of months or so. But yeah, I don't know. It's nothing new. It's nothing like super exciting. The trailer was meh. Like it was just a standard Call of Duty trailer. They show off, oh, this is the new thing we're doing, but there's nothing really wowy to it. So yeah, I think I'm definitely 
probably leaning towards more so Battlefield 1 for sure. Do you know what I reckon would be a fun game to do? If you, like, mashed up all the different Call of Duty trailers into, like, one clip and then had people try and guess, like, which scene is from which game and seeing if they could actually tell the difference. I'd be very curious. That can be our next game show. That can be our next game show. Episode 100. Oh, I didn't... I didn't... I forgot to do that today. Well, we'll bring that back next episode. All right. Oh, bust my buzzer out. I was a bit... You had your buzzer out and everything. I was a bit unprepared today, um, if you couldn't tell already. So uh, so we'll do that next week, I promise, because that was a lot of fun. I had fun. It was a bit, you know, it was a bit, you know learning curve-ish, but yeah. Uh, Medi, we've, <laughs> we've not decided uh, where you've come down on the whole Battlefield v. Call of Duty battle that has continued for longer than time itself. Um, seriously, before Battlefield 1 was even announced, I knew it was going to be Battlefield, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I have zero interest in Infinite Warfare. Like, I really want to play Modern Warfare Remastered, but it's not going to be worth for me to really throw out full price to buy a game I don't want to play. And, to be honest, after Uncharted 4, Battlefield 1 is basically now my most anticipated game of this year already after that single trailer. Yeah, it's kind of jumped right up there for me just having watched that. Um, looks real cool. Um, yeah, I think I think it's going to be like Battlefield 1, a day one purchase for me, but purely based off the one trailer. I mean, we're comparing one trailer to another at the moment. Until we see kind of more gameplay and stuff, maybe it's going to be a little hard to tell. Um, but yeah, initial reaction, gut feeling... Battlefield 1 release day, then wait until kind of post-Christmas into January, February, see what happens Call of Duty-wise, and then uh, jump over to there. Um, but, you know, I get peer pressured really easy, so no doubt, like, I'll be at work or whatever, and someone will be like, oh, I'm going to go pick up the new Call of Duty, you should get it too, and we can play tonight. And I'll be like, yay, friends, and I'll do it. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll find so, out, we'll find out. Unless, unless your friends actually get Call of Duty... From pretty much everyone here at this stage, Call of Duty is just. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. It was a worthy right. setup. Uh, well, let's continue on because we've got heaps more to discuss. Uh, one of which being that Respawn have announced uh, on the May the 4th, International Star Wars Day, May the 4th be with you, uh, that they're working on a Star Wars game. Um, obviously, Respawn, uh, some of the guys behind uh, the better Call of Duty games that have now worked on Titanfall and the upcoming Titanfall 2, and now we're going to be making a Star Wars game. So, Jake, as the fellow resident <laughs> Star Wars fan, how excited are you for this one? You can finally put Battlefront to one side. <laughs> Shut up, Dylan. Um, <laughs> yeah. That joke has gone on way too long. Sorry. <laughs> Um, no, it's cool. Um, yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Like, when I first heard the news, I was like, uh, please don't just be another, like, Battlefront, you know? I mean, you know, uh, Respawn's done Titanfall and everything like that, so they're kind of in that whole multiplayer, uh, online, uh, kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, thing. So I was like, ooh, it could just be Battlefront 2, but, yeah, hearing that it's you know, definitely going to be uh, a third-person action-adventure game, pretty stoked for it. They could really do anything. I mean, the Star Wars universe is massive, so, you know, it could be uh, uh, characters or things that we've seen before, maybe just in a different kind of uh, timing or anything like that, or it 
could be just something entirely new that we've never seen. I'd love to see something new we've never seen, but I don't know. They might jump on the uh, whole Star Wars bandwagon and hype train and, and try and tie in with movies and things like that. Like, I mean, it is with EA as well, so they might try and churn some money out of it. But I don't know. We'll, we'll soon find out, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see what I what they do. I I love what Respawn do, so uh, I'm I'm interested. But um, wondering what Matt and Medi perhaps think. I, I know I think you're both uh, obviously very passionate Star Wars fans, as you ought to be. Um, but uh, Respawn join Visceral, uh, Dice, uh, Capital Games, Bioware, and Motive in developing Star Wars games. Um, so are we like thinking there's maybe a few too many Star Wars games coming out? And it al- almost seems it's like all EA are doing. Um, do you think we're going to kind of hit a saturation point sometime soon? Oh, well, to be honest, a few years back we had exactly the same thing. When you look at, like, go to Steam and look at all these collections of Star Wars games mm. that even came out in roughly the same period. I think... It's, it's like with the movies, like with Star Wars, we're getting a new movie every year at this point. Like last year we got Force Awakens, this year Rogue One, Episode 8 next year, Han, Han Solo after that. So it's like the they just have to be different enough in order to make sure we don't get the fatigue. Because it's like uh, people saying there's a Marvel fatigue, but those movies and the games, if they were dead, they'd be still be going strong. So it's just a question of variety. Yeah, yeah. What about yourself, Matt? You uh, you much the same? Uh, well, it depends because uh, I remember just before Lucasfilm sold out to Disney that there were how many games in development that kind of got cancelled? Um, uh, I don't know what I kind of cared about. Was thirteen thirteen? And and that's mm. that's the kind of thing. I mean, like. You know, yeah, there might be a flooding of the market, you know, in terms of Star Wars stuff, but considering that it's such a unique and massive universe, there's so many things you can do in that universe to make every like every experience completely different. Um, yeah. you know, not not everything has to be, you know, the Jedi battling the Empire or, you know, the um, the First Order or, you know, all that. I mean, you know, you can go back into the history of what's being created, you know, you've got 1313, which, you know, by all means should have been made and for all we know is has been retooled and redeveloped into something that's coming out. Um, so, you know, I, I think that the, the only reason it would be fatigued is if you kept rehashing the same story or the same things that have already been done. Otherwise, you know, there's there's opportunity for so many things to do. And, I mean, you don't have to title everything sort of like Star Wars this or Star Wars that. You know, do what they did with Rogue One where, you know, it's Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So then even, like, the most simple minds go, oh, yeah, that's related to Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, cool. I, I'm loving the optimism on that one. Very, uh, very interested to see what they do. Um, let's keep it rolling. Uh, 
I'm interested to see what you guys think of this this next story. There's been some rumors circulating uh, from some possible leaks um, suggesting that an untitled Spider-Man PS4 game is in the works uh, with speculation that it might be developed by Sucker Punch, um, obviously the developers behind the infamous and Sly Cooper series. Uh, what, are we, what are our thoughts on this one? Um, Jake, maybe we want to jump back to you. Would you be keen to see a, a Spider-Man game uh, made by Sucker Punch, no less? Hell yeah! Yeah, I, um, yeah like, I, I definitely want to. One, I love Sucker Punch. I love the Infamous series. Like, there's just solid games with really great stories and everything. Um, and like, Spider-Man is definitely one of like my favorite games. Like the PS2 game that came out. Like, I spent hours on that. Um, and I grabbed the uh, next-gen one that was released on PS4 just because I love the PS2 one so much. It was all right, not quite the same experience, but I really just love that kind of like open-worldiness that uh, they introduced in the PS2 uh, game. And like I think Sucker Punch does that really well, and I think they do that really well in terms of uh, mixing you know, their combat and their storyline with that kind of semi-open-worldiness. So I think definitely kind of uh, if Sucker Punch do do it, I think it's in very good hands, and I'd love to see what they definitely come up with. I love Spider-Man. It's probably one of my favorite superheroes, and yeah, to, to be under the Sucker Punch kind of name would be awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, I totally agree. I, I think they do that kind of style of superhero action game very, very well, and I think their skills could translate into Spider-Man awesome, awesomely. Um, uh, and like, how, how cool would it be, though, like, because we know with the infamous, infamous games, like, it can be, like, good and bad kind of thing. They could still kind of introduce those, you know, whatever your actions are into a Spider-Man game. Like, we know he's a hero, but obviously with, um, you know, like, the newspaper headlines and all that kind of stuff, you make bad decisions. Like, uh, you know, the public mm. are going to see you in a bad kind of front. You make good decisions. They're going to make, you know, see you... In a, in a good kind of way. So I think definitely what they're already doing can easily be introduced. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, my worry is, though, that it may not be an awful lot different to the infamous games. It might kind of just be, like, more of the same um, in terms of, like, what That's they were fine. doing with infamous, which, you know, I wouldn't be inherently against, but at the same time, like, look at what Gorilla have been able to do when they're like, okay, guys, you can kind of, like, do what you want to do now. You don't have to do a kill zone shooter. Um... I think like that gave them a lot of freedom, and what they appear to be doing with that freedom looks absolutely incredible. Um, so if Sucker Punch were given the same opportunity, I'd like to be able to see what they'd be able to produce. Um, but Matt, I'm guessing by the kind of message you just typed out with just straight N-O that you're not very excited for this news. I, uh, I um, personally, I, I don't don't really care. Um, like one of the one of the reasons that um, you know we we would see a PS4 Spider-Man game is basically because Sony still has the rights to Spider-Man. I mean, like you know we know that they've kind of just uh, you know done a deal with Marvel so that Spider-Man could appear in you know in um, Civil War and everything else. Yeah, but that's um, the Sony Pictures. So, Sony for PlayStation, they don't have the rights. Don't they have the rights? No, no um. Uh, Activision had the license for the movie-related games that would be expire next year, and then Marvel has the rights for the games, 
Okay. But the weird thing is with Sony is like Sony Pictures and Sony Interactive and things, still a weird name at this point. They're mm. under the same mother company, but if Sony Pictures has the rights to something, the then Sony the PlayStation thing they don't have the rights for that. They still have to negotiate for that. So they'd have to go through multiple channels because Activision would have had to let their license go a year early at this point and they would have had to negotiate with both Marvel and Sony Pictures. Okay. So it's, it's like a really weird legal thing. Yeah, well, it, you know, I mean, we, we should say at this point that none of this could be true. Like, it is rather tenuous at this stage. Just a, just a reminder there. Go on, Matt. You, um, you learn something new every day. Anyway, um... <laughs> Personally, like personally, I I'm not a fan of the Spider-Man series at all. Um, oh, boo just, you, Matt! That's, that's I'm not me. a fan of the Spider-Man. Um, what civil war? You'll be turned around. You can, you can quote me, his uh, microphone. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I just I don't know. Spider-Man has just never been never been the, one of the heroes that I've been a fan of. Um, I mean, like it, you know, as as Jake said. Um, as Jake said, it could, you know, it could very well be great because if it's done by Sucker Punch, um, you know, and they do it in an infamous kind of style thing, I mean, you could do so much with it, you know, you could have him sort of, you know, fighting with uh, Venom, you know, t- trying to take over him, and that's like the good, of, good or evil thing, you know, the symbiotes and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I just personally, I'm not, not excited. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair Are enough. you excited? Yeah. Are you excited, Matty? You you were uh, you were very good to uh, give us all the those informations about legal stuff, but uh, we didn't get your opinion. What what do you, what do you think of this? Um, I think it really depends on what kind of story they're telling and what kind of game it's gonna be, because like, funny enough, my best scenario for this would be if it was a movie tie-in. To be honest, if it's re- related to the movies. Because after seeing Civil War, just like seeing that interpretation of the character, I'd be really eager to see if Sucker Punch could really do something with that, with that kind of personality. And it would be interesting to see if Marvel, on a grander scale, would finally get into games and such. So, yeah, I'm skeptical, but I'm excited, yeah. Yeah, cool. Cool. I like it, guys. We're a good sort of mixed debate there. I like it. Um, and then finally uh, for today's podcast, uh, I wanted to make sure we uh, we covered some of the latest Nintendo news because um, it's an ongoing saga of which I know many people are interested in. Uh, and the first the first uh, piece that we we got uh, was that they were confirmed that there would be no direct at E3. Um, so beyond, I believe beyond the uh, the booth that they're going to have with just the Zelda the Zelda game present, uh, I don't think Nintendo are going to have any other presence at E3. Um, that is that sort of how you guys interpreted this news? Yeah, as far as we know. Yeah, I mean, like it seems kind of crazy, right? Like they've got this new console supposedly releasing in March, and they're not going to be at the E3 prior. Um, Matt, I know you're slowly becoming more disenfranchised with Nintendo. Is this heavy news to hear? Uh, it's it's actually really interesting because, uh, as we know, Nintendo kind of reserved themselves last year from E3 and did a you know did a direct 
which announced a fair bit of stuff that you know had people excited and also pissed off a lot of people too. Um, and I think it's really interesting to see that it's almost as if they're unsure of themselves because if they're showing off a Zelda game, you know, that is apparently mostly done but isn't releasing until March of next year on a console that we basically know nothing about, um, it kind of shows worrying signs. I mean, you know, like, we know that the game, you know, the Legend of Zelda game is going to be releasing on the Wii U and the NX, uh, which is basically what they did with the GameCube and the Wii with Twilight Princess. Um, but it's just, it just like, you know, it, it shows that Nintendo's kind of, they don't have faith in themselves because they're not willing to either, you know, do a giant presentation or at least do something that is going to get people interested in their console, so... Mm, yeah, yeah, I mean, it seems kind of crazy, right? Are you, are you in the same sort of line of thinking, Mehdi? Um, well, the, the thing is with Nintendo, I'm not... I'm not sure what they're thinking in Japan anymore when it comes to their strategy because especially the last generation Nintendo has been very off because in the past with the Wii and and the DS it's worked when they did their own thing when they had their own pacing so so to speak mm. but I think now it's finally time that it's catching up to them a bit and I'm quite worried actually as to how this is going to work out in the end because if this if the NX is coming out this year they really need that build up you know they need to hype people up especially after the Wii U just sort of yeah it imploded at one point like there's still good software coming out for it to a certain point but aside from that they're really feeling the heat i think behind them they so, did um, um... They did say, however, though, that the NX was releasing in March next year, so... Yeah, then it would make sense to be at E3, don't you think? Like, it, Yeah, it would... yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, they're obviously going to have to do something on their own terms uh, to, to make this announcement. Um, maybe it'd be cool if they kind of did, like, their own kind of PlayStation experience thing. Obviously, you know, a Nintendo experience maybe sort of in, in Japan, kind of, you know, get all their fans together for one sort of big community event and announce it there. Maybe that would be the best platform to do it on. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I felt like they needed to be there at E3, and they announced that they weren't yeah, going to do that. Definitely. And then not to even have a stream like during that period just seems mind-boggling to me. Like, they really needed to come out all guns blazing post-Wii U. And they're kind of retreating. Like, I don't even... I'm so confused. Like... It just it just seems like they're doing the complete opposite thing to what they should be doing. Um, I don't know. That's it my kind of makes feeling. You think, like, you know, has has all this just like information about the NX and and everything just come out because they've gone, oh my god, like the Wii U, it's bombing. What do we do? Like the other consoles are getting ahead. We've lost our way. Oh, let's just let's just give out all this information about the NX. Like, oh, we'll just give out a little bit more information about Zelda because everyone got excited about that, but yet like they're not even ready to announce like anything, which is why we're seeing like this delay in in release and everything and why they're backing off from E3. Like it's just kind of like I feel like everyone wants 
Nintendo to like do something. We're we're anticipating their next move. We'd love for it to be a success, but they're yeah, very much kind of retreating and it just gives that impression like, well, do they know what they're doing or are they even ready for any of this announcements to occur? Like are they yeah. not so much waiting for a perfect moment, but like are they just ready at all? That's that's my greatest worry because let's let's not forget that the the NX announcement surrounded an investors meeting, um, and my worry is that they were kind of like, hey investors, you know, like we know things don't look so great at the moment, but we've got this new console in the works. It's going to be March next year. We've got such and such games planned, and I wonder if like they kind of like hastily made a presentation to investors without really being ready to front consumers yet. Um, yeah. I almost kind of feel that consumers are, are harder to please than investors to a, to a degree. Um, and so maybe they just don't feel like they've got a finished kind of hardware to show off and they have a kind of weak roster of, of uh, launch games. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe they're they just don't trying have to buy third party yet. Maybe they don't. Yeah, maybe they don't have hard um, third-party support. Absolutely. And like, maybe they haven't even got prototypes to developers. I mean, I my my guesses are that they don't, because otherwise we would have a lot more information uh, and a lot more knowledge about this console being leaked out. Um, so well, I, I think that's I don't the know, other. Like, um, you know, every patent that's released from Nintendo that has leaked recently is like immensely different from the one before. I mean, they pa- they patented that um, that oval controller with the two sticks with a screen on it. Um, and then, you know, about three months later, they painted it that thing that looks like a magnet horseshoe thing. Um, yeah. You know, now there's news that they're going back to a cartridge system over a disc or a digital download system. Um, you know, like, I, I know that this is all speculative and everything, but it really... You know, it really paints them in a in a negative light. Like they're not likely to lose any money for the next twenty years. I think we discussed that last time. Um, mm. That they're pretty much, you know, they've got enough money to get them through forever. But you know, it's it's less the fact that they, you know, they've got the money in the bank, and more the fact that they are losing, um, you know, losing sort of support from the people who have supported them for the longest time, uh, all because they seem kind of clueless. Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, like, I'd love to see, like, you know, if they are that lost that, you know, all these patents and things are suggesting, I'd love for them to just come out and be totally honest and just be like, look, guys, this is what we're thinking for the next console. Uh, You know, we're still trying to work out some stuff, but then, like, put it out to all those Nintendo fans and all those people that have support them and be like, well, well, what do you want in like the next console? What do we, what would you like to see? You know, do you want to see? We talked about like last podcast yeah. with like all their gimmicks. Like, do you want this or do you just want you know a normal kind of controller? Like, I feel if they did that, they were totally honest with what was going on and then asked for feedback about what their fans wanted. Like, you then like I guess create all this hype about this console made for Nintendo gamers, by Nintendo gamers, which would just do so much better for them, I feel. There's only yeah. one problem in that, though, um, in that if they, were to, if they were to come out and do that now after so long of, you know, developing consoles and whatever, people, like, it it basically split audiences. One, you know, in one respect, you'd have the Nintendo fans going, yeah, we want this, we want that, we want a new Metroid game, we want, you know, just a standard controller. And then everyone else is going to go, wow, so you guys uh, don't even know like the market research of the the um, 
you know, the generation that you're aiming your console at, you're literally asking people what they want in a console because you have lost touch with, you know, your core base of gamers. Um, but it's like, look at the Wii U. Like, that's it's it's evidence that that might be a thing anyway. But yeah, but Maybe like, you know, lost for them, for them to do that, it's gonna alienate it even worse. You know, like as a as a business thing, that's like the worst thing they could do. Like as a you know. As a sort of like, you, if you remove the business element, of course, you know, like that's probably the best thing that they could do to recapture their, you know, their fan base. But from a business perspective, they'd be going, no, you don't want to tell people that we have no idea what they want anymore. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, I yeah. couldn't, I, I agree with both of you entirely. Like, uh, it, it almost is like they're market testing, but then that's quite an insult. Like, it's like, well, come on, like Nintendo, other, other people that have really kind of. Um, been the most kind of inventive and the most creative in the video game hardware space, and they've just kind of lost that flair. Um, you know, like they were always quite ambitious in the way the way they did things, and if they were to kind of purely pitch it as like the people's console, like Jake's kind of proposing, I think that would just kind of confuse people. Um, but you know, I, I like the idea in theory, but I think there would be quite a lot of backlash to that. Um, because they are supposed to know what they're doing, and it just doesn't seem like they are. I think when it comes down to it, like at the end of the day, um, people aren't so much losing uh, faith as they are losing patience. Um, you know, like every day, kind of Sony and Microsoft have new announcements in the way of uh, the PS4 and the Xbox One. There's always exciting things happening there. There's always new first-party games coming out. There's always, well, arguably, there's always new third-party games on the horizon too. And just none of that is happening over on the Nintendo side. There's just confusion and, you know, leaks and kind of, you know, hoaxes and all this going on. Um, like, it's just it's just kind of messy. Uh, and I think people are just going, I don't know, I'm just going to kind of walk away from this. I'm just going to get a, get a PlayStation, get an Xbox, upgrade yeah, my PC. Great. Yeah, you know, it's a... It's a tricky business, and yeah, and and people are just losing losing patience for a Nintendo. I think. What do you reckon, Matty? You've been a bit quiet on this one. Yeah, the, the further thing is, I haven't been into the Nintendo game for quite a while, actually, since the GameCube, from mm. first-hand experience. Like everything after that, for me, has been purely. Yeah, from looking at it from an outside perspective. But even as a non-Nintendo gamer, I have to agree that you only have so much patience, and especially with how the Wii U worked out, the, um, they've lost their momentum in that sense. And <clears throat> if they're really so that early in the process of developing this console, it might be too little too late for them to really get back into the game because the thing is, the thing Nintendo often doesn't remember is that whilst they are building up for the next console, so are the other people. Like Sony is probably developing internally with PS5 and they're working on the PS4K app, at least so they say, of course. Then... Yeah, the hardware upgrades are becoming a thing if all these things are uh, coming true because if hardware upgrades for consoles become a thing, how much is it worth 
for Nintendo to come out with a more powerful console if within the f- six months it's going to be outbeat again. And the thing is that they often forget is that they really need to expand their audience because they have been focusing on their French uh, their first party franchises for a lot and the lack of yeah third party support really has been hurting them the past few years. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, some some wise words for Nintendo there from Medi, and I think with that, unless anyone else has got any last-minute thoughts, we'll bring an end to what was episode 51 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. We're now coming to you weekly. Um, hopefully, we're going to have more video features from the Startcast up in the future as well, but uh, for now, we're just going to concentrate on getting you a weekly format each week. I've definitely said weekly enough times now, I think. Uh, be sure to subscribe you to us. You weekly I, <laughs> I didn't mean to, did I? <laughs> every week. Uh, and we're aiming for that kind of every Monday night, I think, um, but it'll you know vary here and there because we're all busy people trying to, trying to do heaps of stuff for the site. Um, be Monday, sure to subscribe. Monday, Monday. Monday, 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 because, you know, Monday is not a fun day, so it's nice to have something to look forward to on a Monday. Um, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or any podcast service of your choice. Just search The Startcast and hit the subscribe button. Uh, also, don't forget to follow Press Art Australia on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at PressStartAU, as well as visiting the site, of course, at PressStart.com.au. Send us your topics. You can tweet them to either myself at UNT Roxborough or at Press.AU, and we'll feature you on the show. We'll chat about whatever topics you guys would like for us to discuss. I've been your host, Ewan Roxborough. You can follow me, as I said, at UNT Roxborough. I've been joined today by Medi. Hello, people. You can follow me at Medzodnan on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We've also been joined today by Matt. Yo, you can follow me on Twitter at mbzamari, and then you can find my Instagram through that. Lovely. And we've also been joined by none other than Jake. Yes, hello. You guys can follow me at underscore Jake Barros on Twitter and Instagrams. And uh, I'll also put it out too with all the video content coming out at the moment. We'd love to know as well what you'd like to see. So, you know, do you want to see Let's Plays? Do you want to see opinion pieces? It will just help us create what you guys want. So that would be great. Let us know. There's a bunch of stuff going on on YouTube. We've all been very, very busy with that. Uh, and it's looking really good. We've uh, There's been some cool stuff happening. We've been doing some slightly different stuff. Um, ways for people to get involved with uh, the most anticipated games each month. James, uh, Jake has got some... I should just call you James. I'm sorry. Um, James. Some, uh, all right. I'm getting tired. It's getting late. Um, <sighs> you, you've had some very slick videos up, Jake, uh, and including a little behind-the-scenes look at it at the Starcast 50 the other day, uh, which was uh, was yeah, really cool. Check that out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Should we do a sign-off? See you later, yeah, guys. Happy games. Bye. Happy Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.